Today's episode is brought to you by Dr. Dish, trusted and innovation solution basketball training machines. Check out their revolutionary skill building program at drdishbasketball.com. Welcome to Fadeaways and Fundamentals. I am your host, Andre Pirano. Today's guest, Coach Matt, joins the show from OGP Kings. We talk hoops, life. Let's dive right in with Matt. fadeaways and fundamentals what's up bro <laughs> thanks for having me pleasure guys uh pleasure uh you having me and and uh, kind of um it, it's uh really uh all i can say is uh thank you yeah so. oh man my pleasure my pleasure well hey just for the listeners here um i know you're a skills coach and i know that you coach aau basketball uh, you're affiliated with a team out of the like orange county anaheim area um ogp um, can you give me a little insight and our listeners an insight on your life in basketball and what's going on in your life now? Absolutely. Um, OGP is a lot actually bigger than, uh, just Orange County. Uh, okay. we have a satellite in Ventura County as well. Um, and I oversee that as a director, uh, with, uh, it's called OGP Kings. That's why you kind of see it differently, uh, sometimes on tournaments, uh, we're very uh, same under the same family, under the same branch, but uh, kind of go back and forth. So we're not just an OC, and the goal is kind of to expand and keep expanding. And um, the what we do is try to really just get the youth, the youth really prepared. And, and as an AU coach, that's kind of what our drive is, and, and what my coaches and colleagues, what we always discuss and talk about is uh, we're here, we're doing this for our nation's youth. It's not for our ego. It's not for us. I mean, we're not playing. And sometimes some coaches get mixed and, and uh, forget that. And um, that leads to kind of – it just alters a lot of things. And if they just stick with the kind of process and, and if everyone gets kind of to that – steps out of the box and really thinks about it, it's going to um, – the overall kind of thought process of AU basketball or club basketball is going to get a better taste instead of a bitter taste these days. And that's kind of my goal. But uh, please go ahead. Uh, anything else? No, I love what you just said. Um, I feel the same way. You know, I have my own club team. We're, we're, uh, we're small. We're five teams. Um, and uh, I'm more based on getting them ready at the youth level to go play high school. Um, yes, we play in tournaments. Do I play in big tournaments that are fully funded like gauntlets and this and that? No, I haven't. Not yet. Do I think some of my players are ready for that? Absolutely. I, I, I believe in a, quite a few of my players that they're ready for that next step. Um, the thing is, what I don't like about the AAU side is the whole, it's like a mental fatigue on kids. I got, I mean, I see it myself from some of my parents that are very, very 
you know, you got to be the best. I understand we all want the the best for our children, but you know, sometimes it's it's a it's a mental stress for these kids and and you know, and certain certain teams and coaches that they do say that it's all about the process, but in the in the in the big scheme is they want everybody to see and they want all these likes from all the big tournaments they're in, all the trophies they're winning. But in reality, if Johnny is the eighth guy on this elite team and he's only playing five minutes a game on elite gauntlet level uh, games, is he really getting any better? Um, man, that that's a big, uh, big thing that all of us, all of the club team directors and coaches deal with. It's uh it's a dilemma. It, it's it's kind of the grass is, is the grass greener. That question all the time, uh, and, and we I always agree. I absolutely agree with you about the process. My main quote I always say, uh, I try to stress, and we try to stress as a as a culture and a club is it's not about ten minutes from now. It's about ten years from now, and hopefully one hundred years from now. That's right. the final goal, and and it's what you take from this. And I mean, we always stress, you're not going to remember these trophies, these medals, um, all this type of stuff, 10 years from now, you're really not. And let alone 10 months from now. And so the whole thing is, it's very frustrating that a lot of people get blinded and that they get put into a bad position where it could have been better. And then they, they always regret. And so I try to limit that regret just because of the name, but then barely see the court and miss out. Uh, you could have played a high-level D2, high-level NAIA, or even a high-level D3, and just playing collegiate basketball in itself is a feat. And, and a lot of people don't understand that. And there's these percentages of there's only uh, three out of 100 players from high school, varsity players, are going to make it to college. And then the percentage is even lower, obviously, to go pro. And, right or, make, or even maintain a uh, college level status. So it's so blinded and naive that uh, it's set. And, and just a lot of people need to be more educated. A lot of people need to be more blunt and, and it's on us. And there's only so many of us that are blunt and honest. Um, everyone's just for their kind of that quick scheme. Not, I'm not saying everyone, I can't put everyone in that pool, but a, a high percentage, a high percentage just wants to use the kids as assets and it's set. Um, They've got to use them. Uh, they got to use you. Like you've got to be the asset. the The coach, the director, needs to be the develop. It needs to be not only developing basketball. It's life. And that's the biggest thing. Is life, life, life. And people can, can say that, but you've got to teach it. You've got to compare. You got to put the similarities involved from the tools of basketball into life. The leadership, the collaboration. There's so much involved, and and we all stress it, but you've got to say it the correct way. And what what I want to kind of stress a lot and what we're trying to tell the culture of like our expansion is you've got to manipulate people in a positive way. You've got to manipulate people in a positive way where it's really, you're looking out for them. You're really looking out for them in the long run. They may disagree with you. It's, it's basically like an older sibling, uh, an elder guardian. They may just, you may disagree, but at the end of the day, you're going to, you're going to know why and you're going to really realize it. And that's, it's hard. That's the hardest part, but yeah, it is. Oh no, absolutely. Do you what what do you what do you tell kids or a piece of advice that you give kids that you can see having that mental fatigue or effect on the game where they're doubting their jump shot, they're they're doubting their ability to play. Um what what do you what advice do you give those kids and to their parents? Uh 
the thing is everyone loses. That's the biggest thing. Everyone thinks you're going to get to a point where you're going to win every day. I mean, LeBron, LeBron lost, dude. Like people lose. And the moment you accept losing and taking the lot the losses as lessons, that's when everything starts getting better. But if everyone just keeps taking the losses as a negative feeling and digging that hole deeper, you're never going to climb out and anything that anyone says isn't going to work. And so it's the acceptance. It's when the, the player and the parents or the guardians finally just accept that, dude, yeah, you're going to have an off day, but it's, it's how you respond. Are you going to sit around and, and, and dwell on it? Or are you going to get back in the gym and tinker and fix and adjust? And, and that's the biggest part. All these, the top dogs in the league or the top dogs in the, uh, in the collegiate level, those are the guys getting into the gym and fixing. And, and it's not a big fix. It's not a huge adjustment. It's, it's tinkering. It's, it's very minuscule. And, and, but it's just doing it. It's working on your craft. And a lot of people don't. They, they like the blame. Uh, a high percentage blames and they just want to not look in the mirror and the people that look in the mirror, the people that really, really take that accountability are the hoopers. They're the ones fixing the, their follow through their footwork uh, and their conditioning. It's, it's just like really getting in. And so we always say if the hard work is put in, it's inevitable. It really is. If you're really put, like doing the, the, the correct hard work, not just kind of, uh, horsing around when you get into a gym but if you put it in like going with a business like Sasher, it, it's gonna pay off and so we really tell the kids next shot or next play next play we don't hammer them um, earlier on in our career as coaches we I mean we were young we were young and we would get on the coaches or we would get on the players after a missed shot or every little turnover now we've we've seen what works and doesn't work and, and what kind of hits the kids in a psychological way. And, and if you give them a short leash and, and get on them, but in a positive way and get, and, and really just remember even the most simple things that they did, right? Like good job running your right side late, but then get on them. It always ends up being really, you got to say something positive into the negative. And, and, and a majority of these coaches are going to negative and then these kids just want to quit, but it sucks. So, there's a lot, there's a lot of psychological uh, uh, standpoint behind this game that coaches don't realize and directors don't realize. So that's another aspect that I want to get. And like we, I know you do it. You, uh, your discipline and what your mindset is, is very similar. And so we just need to expand this thought process. I, I, that I, I think that would help just the overall good. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I, I tell my son and I tell my program, I probably tell my son probably every single day. I mean, he, the kid absolutely grinds. I mean, he, he goes and sees his strength and conditioning coach twice a week. He probably will go on a run or a jog with myself or his mom. Um, the, the guy, he's got a doctor dish at home, so he's, he's getting up about 2,000 shots, maybe more a week, you know, works on his dribbling, goes to practice, and I tell him every day, every day I go, you will fail your way to the top. I promise you. Life is going to hit you in the face. You're going to fall flat on your ass and you're going to be able to look up and get up. I promise you. Absolutely. And, and it's the best thing, man. I, I, I see him work and work and there's days that he has really bad days and I could see him kind of, uh, and once again, he'll be outside and he'll be, he'll be doing something like you said, tinkering that, to, to figure it out. And I'm like, there you go. That's all you got to do. I mean, and there's days where you got to take two or three days off and just, and just 
everyone does. You've yeah, got to you mentally check out. Yeah, you got to check out for a few days and and be a kid, and then you come back, and it's like, hey man, let's let's get back to it, you know. So yeah, I commend you for that. That's great. What was the best piece of advice a coach ever gave you during basketball? Man, uh, there's so many. There's so many. Like, <laughs> give me I a few. Make, but uh, there, uh, uh, there's one. I'm gonna give you one. But I'm okay. saying that there's so many that have hit me and struck me that this one is this important. Okay. And it's so simple. It, it's it's my college coach at Colorado, at Fort Lewis, Colorado. It's a D2 in, in, in a quiet, small city in Durango. It's the best time of my life. And, and everyone thinks, like, D high D1 or uh, big-time school is you got to do it. You got to, like, just being at that level. Being at that level, it, it's going to be your best friends for life. It's, it literally is. And uh, I literally had my center call me yesterday just to say, man, I love you, miss you. It was awesome. And, and, and so at Fort Lewis, my, my coach, Bob Hoffman, he's a legend, and he was a Boulder's point guard. He had it on the wall that just said, great ones adjust. And it's literally, that's all it was. It, it, and it can mean so many things, but it just says great ones adjust. And, and ever since that, whenever, whenever adversity hit, a wall has come, it, it, I would just think about that. I'm like, I want to be great. I always want to be great until I go six feet under. Like, absolutely, it's that, it's that simple. And I want to have my my aura or my legend be be great. So, so I'm gonna adjust. And the thing is, pe- people who aren't great don't adjust. <laughs> they, they stay the same. They plateau and they don't get better. And that that's just like in life. I mean, if it isn't going your way and you see what's happening or what's what's really positive and what's what's working, adjust to that. And, and and if you want to be in your hard-nosed ways and, and basically play your hard in basketball terms, if you want to play old-school basketball, waste 34 seconds out of the shot clock and, and get one shot up, and you're not going to survive. Uh, it's just that simple. So it's evolution. The game is having a huge evolution time, uh, time frame right now, and it's pretty cool. It's amazing, and I'm glad we're part of kind of teaching the youth this new era. Oh, I do too. I love, I, I, I love that. Um, I, I definitely like the whole, you know, the way the game is shifting and, and you, you get to learn on a lot of new concepts. Um, but one thing that, that I've noticed and that I get upset with, because I have a few guys that are very talented and strong and they're big, but they, no one wants to post up no more. Yeah, man. That's a big, you've got to, they've got to know when to, and that's another thing. That's a big coaching standpoint. Um, coaches need to be just posting up mismatches and, and yo, man, you've got to set a screen switch on a little guy. And that's when you want to call for the ball or, or when you know you're stronger, lure him away, bait him like, like you're fishing and get him opposite, walk him down and then post them up when you're, when you, we've talked to your guard about it, it's not going to magically happen. And, and that's another thing. Like everyone just expects and assumes, I mean, these kids are young. These kids are very young. And so they've got to be told every little detail. And if they're not told these details, they're, it's going to click years later. But, but if you want these, these, these high advanced kind of decisions to be made at, at a 10, 11, 12, 13, 14-year-old age, you've got to tell them literally inch by second. It's crazy. But, but it, it works, but, but you're, you're expending a lot of energy as a coach, but it's the only way. It's literally the only way. Okay. Yeah, I hear that. How, how is it um, different from coaching like youth level boys and girls to your high level pros that, that you work with in the NBA? Um, it's honestly very similar. 
the difference is the the only it's a small tinker it's a small adjustment uh, of basically ego it's a, to to see the pros how, how much you can go at them <laughs> because i mean you know they're at a level they go what what is this five foot nothing mother effort trying to tell me you know right like, like he's not an all star or he he hasn't put up over 5000 3000 all this stuff and and i really kind of test the waters to see i'm not going to name anyone obviously i don't want to say anything but there's there's different egos there's different egos in play and and the egos that that really really throw it behind them and and don't show it are the superstars that 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 really just get to work and and the people that do show the ego and, and really think they're just a higher level really don't last in the league long Maybe they, they, they last with their rookie contract and then they're, they're, they're climbing or trying to get back into the league. And it's so evident. It's life in, in, in any company you join or any, any uh, group or any, any organization. Like if you're not, if, you, if you're basically showing your ego and, and trying to think you're better than someone is rubbing off, it's a horrible aura. And it's, it's only going to be a negative type thing in, in the workplace and the workforce. And you're not going to last long. So, when you're not showing that stuff, it's just evident that you're going to have a long career. It, it, it's, it's longevity. And, and you want, you want that in everything in, in work and like you're in your office space, or if you're in the basketball court, you want a long career. And so the difference is basically if I can go at them at kids wise, I can go at them youth wise really can go at them and they're going to respond they, they look at us coaches as their Messiah. Absolutely. But, but a pro- professional wise, like I said earlier, they may go back at you like, hey, what are you talking about? So the biggest difference is how hard you can push them. And, and, and the, what I want to say, the, the moral of it, the best ones are the ones that don't care. <laughs> OK, yeah, they leave their ego at the door and they just want to get better that day. Absolutely. Nice. OK, that's cool. I like that. Um, now, as a coach, and as a player, what? do you think are three important pillars that make a complete player for the game? Number one, being a great teammate. Um, literally, that's the biggest thing. If you're a great teammate, you're going to get the ball a lot more. You're going to get more chances, more opportunities. Everyone's going to get your back. They're going to be there for you because you're doing it for them. Um, being a great teammate goes such a long way and such a far way that it's so underrated. Uh, that's number one. And then number two is leadership, obviously. Uh, Got to be a leader. Um, do it with uh, by example uh, and hopefully b- with communication, but with both, not just one or the other. Um, and then third, I, uh, really putting in the work but behind the scenes um, without anyone knowing. We're really putting in the gym time to get in stronger, quicker uh, for a defensive standpoint. And then uh, getting in the shots, getting in the skill work for an offensive standpoint. If, if you're doing those three things, you're gonna be you're gonna be in good shape. You're gonna be ready for life because you're gonna gain that work ethic. You're gonna know how to speak to others. You're gonna be able to collaborate in, in a positive way, um, um, and you're gonna be wanted. That's a big thing as a good person, as a good team. Not teammates, not just sports. It's life. Who was your favorite basketball player growing up? Eddie Jones, still to this day. Oh, shoot. Okay, right on. Uh, favorite team, obviously, Lakers in? Uh, back and forth, Lake, uh, Heartbreak Lakers. They traded Eddie, who was our boy. And uh, it was my family, like, favorite. We, we love Eddie to death. And uh, 
So we followed him around. And then all of a sudden, in 03, LeBron came in. And uh, my brother and I watched him at UCLA uh, Pavilion when I was like 14 years old. He was a senior at St. Vincent St. Mary, and he played modern day. And he had a triple-double. He only had 21 points, and everyone was knocking him. But they beat modern day, who had DJ Strawberry. Uh, they had a very strong team. A lot of, you know, Top dogs, as, as usual, every year. And uh, they beat him handedly, and LeBron had a triple-double. No one was talking about that. Really, no, They were kind of knocking that. He only had 21 points. But the dude had, like, 14 rebounds, 10 assists. And I, that's when I knew. I was like, dude, this this guy's amazing. And how, good, how much his teammates loved him. Like, legitimately, everyone – loved him and it wasn't because because he was dunking on everybody or doing some highlights of it was because he was genuinely really cool like they were he had a handshake with every player like it was cool it was surreal i've never seen anything like it so that that uh made us go from eddie to lebron and we followed lebron and now full circle he's number six he's gonna be number six and that's what eddie was (laughs) okay suit yeah yeah great that you do in a game and favorite movie you like to teach Oh man, I got so many, but the the biggest, the biggest effective right, the most effective right now is is like a shadow punch, uh, uh, jab step. Like say you stop on a dime, and you can either either do like a punch drag step, with the like uh, say your right hand right foot. It's like a jab with a dribble at the same time, or or a fake like uh, handoff. I call it a shadow, so not a dribble, not not like a punch. Right, but think of like a Devin Booker type move. He's coming off a curl, like without even a dribble, he'll just get you. Um, or coming full speed off a fast break, uh, really guard wise, a, a punch drag or a shadow drag. I, I'm really liking that because you keep your pivot and you can get out of it, so you always have a safety. Okay, I like that. Favorite shoe ever to rock as a basketball sneaker? Whether uh, you're Jordan, playing 11. In it. Jordan, Jordan Eleven, uh, every color. Space Jams, Concords, all. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, mine's a big. I'm a big Jordan Three, 